Siguiente video via la luz en agosto de 2009 en Monterrey, Nuevo León, México. La protagonista es Gabriela Rico Jiménez, una joven mexicana de 21 años. En este video aparece ella grit, gritando a la entrada de un lujoso Hotel ubicado en la calle Ocampa. Entra los avenidos Cogemoc y Pino Sores. Monto tal escandela que avisaron a la policía, la que se la llevó detenida.
Carlos Slim es un importante empresario mexicano que pasa por ser un o des, de los hombres más ricos del mundo y también de los más influencias en la sociedad mexicana. Juan Camilo Morello y Francisco Imora, ambos ex secretarios de gobernación y alegueros al presidente de la república, murieron en extraños accidentes muy similares el parecer relacionados, relacionados con el narcotráfico. La joven Lembien cita a un tal marino, seguramente otra personalidad que corrió con la misma suerte. Siguen se informó la joven, la joven fue trasladada supuestamente al centro psiquiátrico de la colonia Buenos Aires y a partir de allí se puede la pista y no se supo nada más de Gabriela Rico Jaminez. Lo que se sabe es así que del encumbramiento que los medios masivos de desinformación dieron al caso algo que era lógico y que el hijo del tercer hombre más rico del mundo, Colosrim, estaba implicado en este acto criminal que hizo cobra la vida de tres chicas, la libertad de Gabriel o Gabriela y quien sabe cuántos víctimas más, víctimas más. Day that I was born. 
sharpens a friend thank you all very very much from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the beyond top secret texan podcast i am your host the beyond top secret texan broadcasting to you from the third coast the coast with the most the texas gulf coast of mexico or the texas coast with gulf of mexico But absolutely, speaking to the greatest audience out there in dreamland, without a doubt, without a doubt, the greatest audience out there in dreamland. This is a great episode we have lined up for you guys, and by we I mean I, I work on the solo, so it's the royal we, dude, it's the me, myself, and I. Just a little levity, because it's a very serious issue. Very serious case. Not the most serious that we talk about, but a very serious incident on a very serious earth. And it's an incident that happened in 2009. So it's right in the era that I hope to focus on and bring you guys more of in the year 2022 
the era before 2012. So 2005 to 2012. Because I believe the most important conspiracy work, the most important revelations, the most important incidences of disclosure occurred during those years. And conveniently, those were the years I was most distracted with the status quo, most enraptured by the Matrix and intoxicated with reality. So I couldn't see straight. I couldn't walk a straight line. I wouldn't know why doing those things was even good to begin with. Couldn't begin to tell you. I couldn't begin to care. But hey, I was only, in my, my defense, I was only 18 to 24 So I guess we all get to live and learn, but it might be too late. The mistakes, the era is definitely gone. You can't turn back time and you can't go back and live. You know, you can't go back to when you were a youth in those eras and open your eyes and make you pay attention and everything. You can only appreciate that you survived them and got to this point. Of being able to see and everything. But you can remember. And you can cross your fingers. And you can hope. You can hope that the media. That the internet pages. That the web pages. That the blogs. And the old viral media. Like dig. And like. um, You know like. Those old reddit posts which I'm going to be using today to read this case, still exists and haven't been scrubbed or erased by YouTube or by a trick of fate, deleted by some admin on Wikipedia or something. And that's what I'm going to be trying to do in 2022, is bring you a lot more of these cases, which I find are incredibly telling. And, you know, just to be honest... They're over 10 years old. So regardless of what era, I would be bringing you this information. It's it's around that corner where it's recent enough to still be relevant and make sense. But distant enough to be forgotten in the ever-increasing flow of simulation and news. The, the news cycle, the, the talk soup that we're all in. Do quasi-crystals produce gravity by bridging dimensions on chat? That's a good question, but it's a question to be asked another time. Because today we're going to be talking about Gabriela Rico Jimenez. That's right. Today we're going to be speaking about the fate of Gabriela Rico Jimenez. We're going to be speaking about this woman... The incident that went viral 
that spread across the internet like a wildfire in the Spanish-speaking world of Mexico. The accusations she made, the mystery surrounding her fate, and how it's irrelevant and important today. Gabriela Rico Jimenez was a Mexican model from Mexico, from Mexico City. Actually, no, from Monterrey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. And this event took place in her hometown of Monterrey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. I will read you the Reddit post from 2009. The event took place in Monterrey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico, in front of a hotel located at a Campo Street, in between the Avenue Cuauhtémoc and Pino Suarez. The news broadcast featured a young woman named Gabriela Rico Jimenez screaming in front of a luxury hotel. She repeatedly pleads for her freedom and claims she is held against her will. She also makes claims of murder and cannibalism and drops some very big names in her accusations. Most public outbursts such as these can be attributed to mental illness or substance abuse, but Gabriella's claims are consistent and somewhat coherent, and she speaks with such a horror and conviction that I feel compelled to further consider her credibility. The YouTube clip of the news report is obviously in Spanish with English subtitles. I have posted the transcript in English below. Let me know if any of the translations are incorrect. The Reddit author writes at the time in first person, so it's not me, that was actually what he wrote. And I have recorded, for everyone listening, um, I have recorded the audio for the YouTube video as the first audio segment in the podcast. So what you have already heard if you're listening to it now are skipped past if that is your that is your inclination to do so. Uh, I always start the show with a you know musical segment, you know, and uh, that it, today for this episode is the seven minute audio of the YouTube video of her breakdown screaming and yelling at the police. So that audio will be on the episode. Here is the translation. The recording narrator says, Let's hear what this young girl is shouting in the street. Gabriella. I wanted my freedom. Monterey freed me, but it cost me all my work. I was in Mexico City for a year and four months. All this begins in the mid 2001. I barely remember. There were young and powerful, and they killed them. I've been knocking on doors, 
What I wanted was my freedom. I want my freedom. Carlos Slim knew about this. I want my freedom. It hurts my soul that they took him away. The police arrive and begin to approach Gabriela. Leave me alone. They have already taken me to the police station, and there they told me they knew nothing. They took me to the general hospital. Gabriella points at the officers. You, you were there. Go get the... You killed Marino. They told me who did they kill. The Queen of England? The Queen of Germany? Did they kill the princesses and Mickey Mouse? They all, it was also him, Gabriella points at the officer. This... Is in this is a very uh, confusing quote, but in context, she's sarcastically referencing derision that she was given by the police officers in, in a past attempt at confessing or telling them these these accusations. So in context. When the police arrive, she is repeating their derision of her in a, in a mocking, you know, rebuttal. And in context, it makes perfect sense. But in translation, it sounds like she's just saying crazy, non-connected, you know, uh, fucking things, right? Like, oh, who did they kill? No, it's it's... She's like, you know, being like a woman and being like, like, you said this about me. And that's why it's, it's kind of weird. And it's a, then she goes, they ate humans. Disgusting. They ate humans. I wasn't aware of anything of the murders. Yes, but they ate humans. Humans. They smell like human flesh. Female officers approach. Uh, the female officer approaches Gabriella. You are not going to take me until this is clear. You already took me there. Let me go. Female officer grabs a struggling Gabriella and takes her to an armored vehicle. Narrator, this is the sad reality of young Gabriella Rico Jimenez, who, as you saw a moment ago try to attack the police officer who managed to arrest her. End of transcript. And if you listen to the audio, she is very, very passionate, very emotional, very distraught, disturbed, near breakdown, near tears, near hysterics. And she is yelling at police officers without, like, in, you know, like, when normally when people are having fake breakdowns, if police officers would be surrounding them, obviously about to arrest them, you know, there would be some kind of realization or resistance. And, and she's more yelling about the issues that she's, you know, continuing to yell about, and, and including when she's, um, it's, like, it's a very odd, but 
you know, completely authentic delivery. Like, I mean, it's odd. It's like, that's not something you normally see on an evening at a nice hotel, you know, in, in a nice part of Mexico, big city Mexico, or big city anywhere. Like, if you were in downtown Austin or San Antonio at, like, the Marriott or some shit, and, and some fucking, you know, pretty woman, but, but was having this emotional breakdown, and obviously a professional model, but she was having this uh, breakdown, but she was yelling about people having eaten human flesh and murdered, apparently where she was aware of and complicit in a murder. And then she implicates Carlos Slim, who is the richest man in the world at this time. And definitely the richest man in Mexico, and definitely the richest man in Latin America, and Spanish-speaking, in the Spanish-speaking world. What happened to Gabriela Rico Jimenez? Where is she now? Gabriela Rico Jimenez is referred to as a model on various sites. Although no official record of her existence can be found online other than the news broadcast, which mentions her by name. Her records have been completely scrubbed. The caption of the YouTube video gives the following account of her whereabouts with no citation. 2013 update. What happened to her? Finally, Gabriela Rico Jimenez, the woman who was arrested outside a hotel in Monterrey, Mexico, was helped by DIF police in Monterey and after she was detained in jail by the regional police was sent to a psychiatric center of the Buenos Aires colony where she will stay indefinitely while she receives help and can be well cared for. Gabriella mentions the name Carlos Slim, Carlos Slim Hilo, as a Mexican business magnate of Lebanese descent. He is the richest man in Mexico and was the richest man in the world from 2010 to 2013. He has a son, Carlos Slim Domit, who serves as the chairman of the board for his father's conglomerate company. The Moriano Gabriela claims was murdered is Juan Camilo Moriano Tarazo, who was a Mexican politician affiliated with the National Action Party, PAN, and the Secretary of the Interior in the cabinet of the President Felipe Calderon. He died on the November 2008 Mexico City Learjet crash. The government plane he was traveling in crashed into rush hour traffic under mysterious circumstances. There were 16 fatalities. All nine people on board and seven people on the ground died. Juan Camilo Moriano was 37 years old.
as President Felipe Calderon's strongman, he had been leading a government campaign against Mexico's powerful and violent drug gangs. Illuminati conspiracy theories frequently mention the British monarchy, amongst others, as well as Disney symbolism. There is also a rumor that Prince Philip, the Queen's husband, once said that cannibalism is a radical but realistic solution to the problem of overpopulation. There is a testimony of an alleged witness to Gabriella's breakdown on a Spanish-language blog called The Black Mank. A law student claims to have spoken with Gabriella and gives the following. This is all Google translated to English. This is written in 2015. A witness speaks after a long time. I will not reveal his name for obvious reasons. This person is told that he has experienced in the first person after approaching Gabriella with the intention of helping her. Remember, this is uh, Spanish to English. So it will sound a little weird. You know, just, just full disclosure, it will sound it will sound weird when you translate something from Spanish to English when it was written by native Spanish speakers the the verbiage and the pronouns and everything like the word placement is bizarre it's it's understandable but it's just it doesn't sound grammatically correct okay so here he goes at the time I was in the same place where the girl was taken after being detained I was doing my practices in that place. I am a law graduate. I still remember her face full of despair, fear, anguish. She felt very wary of the environment and had a strange feeling. I approached her and I asked her some questions. Name if I knew where she lived, etc. She told me that they were all dead. That they were all dead that we were among them, among other things, rare. That simply left me paralyzed. After 20 minutes of being with her, some tall, well-dressed people arrived. They practically pulled me out of there. I asked them why they did this, if it was just a poor girl with a mental disorder. I asked where they were taking her, why they told me it was not my business and told me to retire. When they left me, they stopped me and asked me what she had told me. I answered them insane and I ran away. The next day, I went to the senior officers of the ministry and I told them about the issue and wanted information because the girl's family requested it. They just laughed and said, Really? If she does not exist, she never existed. And you do not work here anymore. I got shivers and I left. I left everything. I left Monterey. I had a feeling that what happened those days and what that girl said was true. As I could, I left everything 
I got out of there. She told me that in Monterey, this is Monterey, Mexico, there is a kind of underground base where they live and regularly steal the children as food and other things. By my profession, I dare not reveal my encounter. I have family and children who depend on me and for logical and reputation reasons, I cannot, I would like to go out and spread it to the four winds, but society would call me crazy. Although I have the marks of the attack is a little bad back, there are nights I just cannot sleep. I have that same feeling, that same feeling when I saw them for the first time as like a presentiment, appreciated that they do not judge me as crazy for telling them that only me and those who were with me at that time know what happened. Those are monsters, at least. The one who attacked me was a monster. If he found me, he would only have died. Since a drawing came into my hands. And that is the end of the translation. A very interesting account. But that's not the end of it. Because as we all know, it connects in many ways to the Epstein, to the Hillary Clinton, to the Queen Elizabeth, to the in degree of international I guess you would call it (coughs) cabals of cannibals of child traffickers that rule the world from subterranean bases that have agents coordinating assassinations, hits on anyone investigating them or anyone who may pose a threat to them in the future. In this case, implied to have killed a 37-year-old rising star who was crusading against the cartels of Mexico, the drug cartels, the narco cartels, with a murder by airplane, a technique 
reserved only for military intelligence. International terrorism. And the most dangerous of organized criminal conspiracies. And this was not a hit performed by the narco cartels, but implied to have been performed, organized, and executed by Carlos Slim, who at the time was the richest man in the world. The connection to cannibalism and to human trafficking in Mexico City is so strong to the human trafficking and subterranean existence of the elite in Texas. In the greater American Southwest, the Mojave, as well, in you know, ultimately into the international global network of subterranean bases, tunnels, subways uh, that interconnect, but locally provide for their own needs in terms of human cattle and. He- human chattel slavery in the form of children and I think every age group to be honest I just think that children are the preferred and most profitable human slave because the younger the child the more opportunities that child will have in terms of, I guess you call it like, um, in terms of like what it's what it's purchased for, what like because it could be a sacrifice, it could be raised to be um, a slave, it could be raised to be a sex slave, it could be raised to be um, a future soldier or a future guard. It could be raised uh, for for its meat. It could be raised for many things. Whereas, as a person, human being, ages, the options become less and become more limited. This, I believe, is important, not specifically in the Gabriela Rico Jimenez case. But in all of this discussion of subterranean human trafficking, we just got done with a four-hour exploration of the tunnels of Texas, the subterranean bases of Texas, the human trafficking of this this sick fucking situation. And I think that the important part of it is babies. Babies. I think babies are where we should be looking 
Yes, young children. Yes, young girls. Yes, young adults. Like teenage girls are important to this abduction ritual process as well. Yes, adult women in their prime going missing. Young men going missing. Adult men going missing. The elderly going missing are all involved in the child abduction, or involved in the human abduction, the human trafficking of these subterranean layers of the reptilian cabals. Because that's another thing too, is that the the shock value of all this was when she started calling them monsters, and when the eyewitnesses around her started implying that the human beings or the people responsible the parties responsible were not entirely human were reptilian were maybe human in appearance but maybe more disguised to be human and it, the real human reaction was of Gabriella Rico her Jimenez and her breakdown because no true human nothing 100% human and nothing good nothing good at all could be a responsible could be the perpetrator of human trafficking cannibalism organized terror campaign against humanity as well as an indulgence of perversion and taboo that these subterranean cabal societies are known to structure themselves around um, just watch the four hour deep dive in the Texas subterranean basis video that I just made or in the podcast, um, and I have two live streams that, that, that created it, but it's one podcast episode, four hours long, uh, it's public domain, um, that, I hope, sheds a lot of light to what I think is a complete, that's, that's like the 101, that's like the, the introduction and the master class all in one, right, that's like, I hope all the information I know is, is put into that video, but, I'll always come back to it and I'll always kind of, you know, revisit the subject and everything because that's what I want to talk about this year, especially the subterranean cabal and cult of humans that act like monsters. And the monsters that act like humans that live in these societies. And they weren't the Orion Draco cities, they weren't the Orion Draco bunkers that were destroyed in the national parks or anything. These are humans doing this to other humans. But it really pushes the definition because their behavior is so inhuman. Surviving and thriving on a civilization that's intentionally an inversion of Christian society would, would be honestly validly called a satanic 
society. A society modeled after Anton LaVey Satanism and modeled aesthetically on the Goetia, Grimrar magic, and ancient societies of astro-theologians, basically a Babylon, and shit like that. So it's like every one of these little colonies, these little bases that are built in these subterranean cities and bunkers by industrious magnates in the construction world like Carlos Slim because before 2012 the world was still very analog even though we had computers and you know shit like that we didn't have and even though crypto existed it wasn't what it is now and people like Elon Musk weren't rich that rich yet. They were rich, but they weren't that rich. And people like Jeff Bezos weren't that rich. And yes, Bill Gates for a time was rich as fuck. He got in trouble because of monopolies and things like that, right? And that was a very big deal. No one really talks about that anymore. So, the richest men in the world were industrialists. Mining industrialists. Construction industrialists. Manufacturers. People who made shit and did like construction projects, like built dams and stuff. Those people are traditionally known to be the most powerful people in the history of the world. Those people are the ones who I said make up the ICC, who make up a breakaway civilization already because they operate and live internationally and make more money than you could possibly fucking imagine. Like, Carlos Slim was the richest man for three years from 2010 to 2013 in the world. And he had already created these cities, built them, and that's how he got rich. Was he controlled cement? That's right. All that money said it was based on cell phones, because he owned all the cell phones, which is information. And he owned all the information. He worked with cartels, etc. Cement. He's known for fucking cement. It's called Cemex. And through, like I've already mentioned in that, that video, through these cement areas, which are private property, and, and are directly, you know, creating this uh, subterranean cities, human traffickers... Set up little camps. They, that's where the children are funneled from the poorest parts of society. They're all all these cement facilities are set up in the rural but well connected parts of America, where it's like, yeah, you can find families that are off the grid basically, and they don't go to school, and their children wouldn't be missed. You know, and those people live like in the shadow of these cement facilities, and it's it's all part of it. It's all it's all intentional. Like, and Carlos Slim was implicated 
specifically one of his cement factories in Arizona when veterans for children discovered a camp that clearly was housing children and had such unpleasantness like sex toys, dirty mattresses, a rape tree. A rape tree? I, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm not. Um, basically a tree with like straps and shit to it so that in, in child like, you know, proportions and it's it was pretty fucked up and disturbing. Point is, it was on a CMEX submit processing facilities property inside the gate, inside the wire, and would have officially been part of a trespassing, right? There would have been so it was easily deniable. Same time, it was pretty much in the hundreds of acres that is supposedly patrolled and overseen and supervised by CMAX employees. The whole world's like this. CMAX facilities are in Mexico, Central America, South America. You know, they're everywhere. And it, like I said, he doesn't take American kids. They take Mexican kids. It's all right to say they're Mexican kids because they're from Mexico. From the Yucatan, from the mountains, from West Mexico, Oaxaca, you know, Sonola, all over the fucking place. And and just think of just think how many kids in America are off the grid and vulnerable to human trafficking, and just multiply that by a hundred in fucking Mexico. In Mexico. And this is where I think, in my theory, what happened to Gabriela Rico Jimenez. Well, first, what happened to her to get her to where she was during the breakdown, and then what happened to her post-breakdown. What I think happened to her was that she was a model in Mexico. And what that basically means, a high-class prostitute, a high-priced prostitute. She was whored out to Carlos and his family, or specifically his son, right? And I don't think she knew that, but the son allowed her to go into the bases, the subterranean base, maybe for a party, maybe for an orgy. Maybe it's a case of loose lips sinking ships. And she didn't really go to one of these facilities. But she knew about it through the grapevine and was invited to the surface level with people who had access and they told her what they did. And during that engagement, I believe she was told about the assassination of that 37-year-old politician, the Secretary General, right, who was killed in the plane crash. She was told about the murder by plane, but that's not what got her to have a breakdown. What got her to have a breakdown was the consumption of human meat, was the cannibalism. 
There's something about life. There's something about being alive in the real world. People are desensitized. People are numb. People are sleepwalking. People are liars. People are fools. People are retards. About what the heart says. About what's inside. About what it means to be alive. What it feels like to do wrong. To, to know right and wrong. Good and evil. To do wrong. And what that means. What the consequence of your conscience is. And people like to talk a big fucking game. And be like oh I'm a psycho. I don't have a conscience. I can kill people. I can do crazy shit like that. Give me the chance to do it. You know, and and you can say that on the on the couch. You can say that when you watch movies, because you because you know they're fake. You know that these are entertainment. To do that, to be in the presence of people who have done that, to know panic, to know that sinking feeling. That this is real. This is literally real and happening to you now in the moment. When meat is brought out and you're asked to taste it, you're asked to eat it, and you do. And you taste with your tongue, you taste, you sense it. And everything you've ever heard or feared about these clubs, about these rich types, about these Illuminati members that you know are already, you know, that's the son of the richest man in the world. You're fucking him. You're a high-class whore. You're doing drugs with him. He's telling you about murders. He's telling you he lives in a fucking subterranean base. And they, they traffic and kill children and eat them. And that's... You're evil, too, and you're there with them, right? Like, you say, you are there along for the ride. Until you have to eat human flesh... Maybe not in the moment, but over time, when you sober up, it'll stick inside your mind like a splinter. It'll start digging in, digging in, inch after inch, day after day, that you sinned and you committed evil and you ate a person, you were a cannibal, or you saw it, or maybe that's where you drew the line, you didn't, and that's when things start going wrong for you, like, people stop answering your calls, people stop giving you jobs, she did mention that she didn't have work, she mentioned she tried to tell people before, so by the time they recorded her, during her breakdown, 
They had already knew she tried to sell people. She had already broken down. I think what led to that was they kept kicked her out of her hotel room. Maybe her credit cards were denied. Maybe her bank account was emptied, zeroed out. And what we saw was a moment where they began to disappear her. The breakdown was not sudden. It was not out of the blue. It was not without precedent. This was the... This was the... This was a woman who knew that she couldn't run anywhere. This is a woman trying to make as much noise as possible so that people will pay attention. This is a woman who doesn't know what else to say because she's already saying everything she knows. She doesn't have secret knowledge and, and like you know information to bargain with. She's telling people and trying to trying to convince them and convince others that where she's going is gonna is not she's never coming back from. It's a one-way ticket. And the police are taking her there. The lawyer confirms that with the apparent arrival of the men in black or a private security force, well-dressed tall men, and his subsequent blackballing from the world of psychological, you know, professional medicine in Mexico. Because he was witness to and refused to ignore this but then ultimately had to swallow it because the real world is the real world and people forget how evil the real world really is and if you live in Mexico if you ain't if you ain't aware of evil you just are really 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 in a state of denial. Nothing. If you aren't aware of corruption, if you aren't aware of powerlessness, of the evil of those in power and the willingness of theirs to use violence and to kill innocent people and to hurt anyone who could get in their way, then you just really aren't paying attention. <laughs> and Gabriela Rico Jimenez is said to be taken to an Argentinian psychological recuperation colony. Argentina, by the sake of it having such large territories, Patagonia, being it's, it's incredibly large of a territory, especially in South American standards, As a lot of place, places people can go disappear. And already is famous for having a colony, a cult, that helped torture, imprison, and then kill and dispose of political prisoners during... I believe it was the Pinochet regime, the dictatorship in Argentina, 
that was put in by the United States that any leftist socialist or, or communist sympathizer or enemy of the state or critic of the Pinochet regime would be taken to cults in these colonies these working colonies these farm communities and they were fronts for the secret police very convenient that that's the fate of Gabriela Rico Jimenez and she has never ever been seen again never ever been recorded on video ever again she doesn't have any social media she doesn't have an IMDB page she doesn't have anything no Mexican language blog nothing the only evidence of a woman named Gabriela Rico Jimenez is on videos showing her emotional breakdown having titled it you know Gabriela Rico Jimenez and that's what the videos are known for but that woman has no record of her existing no birth certificate nothing you make of her what you will there's a reason why there's not a lot of evidence in this world there's a reason why in the U- in the both the UFO and in the conspiracy world there's not a paper trail that when the screams of citation needed or source go unhanswered and ignored, rightfully ignored that the response isn't because we are not playing like you know the right way we're not playing by the rules and we're definitely not making everything up we are able to though through experience and through intellect rationality and reason able to critically analyze events with the perspective that there are powerful, and I mean powerful, the most powerful forces in the human sphere of activity that currently exist, intentionally hiding every single bit of information they can get their little claws on. And yes, exactly. it is easy for people to be despaired in the UFO community if you get too close. Absolutely. And every trace of you will disappear. Don't, don't think that you have to show up on a background check. Don't think that they can't, and, and I mean that they, the powers to be, the cabal, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the government, the military, name it. 
that they can't hit a few little keys on a fucking keyboard. Boop. Everything's erased. Everything's deleted. Your master file, your little boop, boop, deleted. They put a little, little, little virus, little, little code on the algorithm for your Google search. You'll never be found again. You will never, ever be found again. Not by anyone who's trying to look for you. You'll be your records will be saved in some government facility, probably some background archive, but there'll be no pay stubs, no blog post, no MySpace page, none of that shit. And you like so the internet's forever. Ain't fucking forever at all. It's actually meant to be self-destructive. And after say a period of inactivity of say three to five years, things cease really to be searched for by Google because they lack any relevancy. And even then, I'll give you some personal examples. Um, my college sweetheart, you know, uh, and my my ex-wife and all that, and even my last fiancé. I'll look for them online and everything in that kind of nostalgic way just to kind of see if they're, what, you know, what's up. I can't find them. I know they existed. I went to college with them. I went to college with my, that college sweetheart, obviously, and my ex-wife. I know their names. I know their birthdays. I know things about them, you know, that would make these searches relevant. And they do not pop up. You would think people my age, millennials, with MySpace pages, with social media, everything like that, it would just be the first page, first results, all relevant. And I'm not saying that they have common names. And I'm not going to give their names, but I'm just saying, the internet's not like you think. Where people live forever, and everybody has all their information and everything, progress, every single day, uploaded online for people to see. No. Absolutely not. That people, for the most part, are ghosts. Yes, you can, I mean, yes, at a certain age, people are very active online, and some people are much more active online than others because that's their career, that's their job, that's part of their persona. But the average person has very little information online to delete. Like I said, yeah, it would be hard to delete someone who's made thousands of YouTube videos uh, and put them online. It'd, it'd be only a little bit harder. Really, now that I think about it, but it would be harder. But most people, most people, yeah. They don't, they don't even try that hard to, 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 be, to exist. Most people don't even try that hard to exist. Let alone if you actually control, you know, the, the Basically, the code, the master code, you know, for you know, operating systems, search engines, things like that. If you're the richest man in the world, if you're Carlos Slim, I'm pretty sure you can get Bill Gates on the phone, and I'm pretty sure uh, he knew Hillary Clinton at the time. So it's not like 
It's like it's not like he's 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 in bad company. He is definitely a member of the Illuminati. So I don't think Gabriela Rico Jimenez is alive to say my last you know words on the case. I don't think she's alive. I don't think she lived for much longer after that last time she was seen. I don't know what happened to her. I don't think anyone does. And I'm confident whoever had a hand in her death and her disposal has met their end as well. Karmically. And remember, this was 2010, so over 10 years. Life is very short for evil people. It's a high turnaround business. She joins the thousands of missing women in Mexico. She joins the many thousands of missing people through the narco wars through the last 20 years the many nameless anonymous people who have been victims of the incredibly rich and the incredibly evil Gabriela Rico Jimenez Well, I've been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. This is a short form episode. This is just to have gone over that case. To have been able to bring it again to the forefront of attention. And because I think the issue was relevant to the recent video I made about the Texas Underground the tunnels, the secret bases, and the human trafficking connection. Because of that, I've chosen to say my piece on the matter. And I hope you guys learned something, and if not, remembered something. the greatest audience out there in dreamland thank you very much for your support for your continued attention for your continued choice in choosing to tune in to the beyond top secret texan podcast and to listen to me the beyond top secret texan Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very, very much. God bless you and your families. Peace out.
walkie-talkies that knocked the pins down as her shoes gripped the dirt floor in the silhouette of dying. Dancing on the corpse's ashes. Yeah, they had plans for him, but he had spun the last of the pips. Polyester satin nailed jewelry lips while the guillotine just laughed again. Dancing on the corpse's ashes. And the paramedics fell into the wound like a rehired scab in a bareheaded plant. An anesthetic penance beneath the hail of contraband. Scab in a bareheaded plant, an anesthetic penance beneath the hail of contraband. <laughs> 